0: Hey, let's appreciate all of our kids workers and our youth workers and our creche workers that serve so well every week. They are in doing an incredible job. Okay, I want to give you some instructions of what's going to happen today. Um, And uh, one of the things we don't do every week is uh, something that we're going to do this week. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to Preach from the Word of God for a bit And then I'm going to open for a time of prayer Evangel and Deborah are going to be here And if people want individual prayer They're going to hang around They're going to pray So <clears throat> in, uh, in the olden days in church They used to do what they called an altar call And, and what that meant was You kind of come to a place um, An altar in the, in the Old Testament Was a place where you would come and encounter God By bringing a sacrifice Now whatever that sacrifice is um, You can do that Uh, But this time We don't bring a sacrifice In order to get the favor from God We bring a sacrifice Because God has already sacrificed His biggest gift for us Which is the gift of Jesus Christ So come with a sacrifice of praise It could just be a sacrificial heart Where you're humbling yourself before God You may want to bring a sacrificial offering However whatever sacrifice looks like for you um, it might be the sacrifice of an open heart because you're so uh, mad at God. And for some of you, it's just a sacrifice to say, God, I trust you again. And, um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to just invite people to come to the front after I speak from the Word of God. And uh, Evangel and Deborah are going to be here and pray for people individually if you want prayer. Remember, um, if, you ha- if you're a parent here and you have children in kids... Uh, or crash, you still have to pick them up at 12 o'clock um, simply because the child protection laws do not allow us to leave those kids there by themselves obviously we wouldn't do that um, but it does mean that if if the prayer is going on for a bit there will be no kind of official closing time when I stand down, stand up here and go we're done so if it's 12 o'clock that means we're done however if people still want prayer of course um, Evangel and Deborah have kindly offered to just stay and pray for as long as it takes. However, at 12 o'clock, please do to go, go upstairs to Beacon Kids. If your children 5 to 10 are there, go to the creche. If your toddlers are there and pick them up so that that uh, finishes. I do understand that uh, the, um, Johnny, uh, one of our youth leaders, has just requested if all the youth leaders can catch up. Briefly after service as well. So, if you want to do that, um, you can do that at 12 o'clock too. So, does that make sense? So, I'm not going to officially stand and say it's 12 o'clock, let's close in prayer. I'm just going to leave it open towards the end and see what God does. And uh, sometimes we just need these weeks Where we're just open to say God, whatever you want to do, come and do But at the same time I want to respect the time of every individual That says, I've made plans after 12 And then I want to honour that Because that is also honour um, And in a culture of honour We honour whatever you've planned for today as well So if, if it's 12 o'clock and you need to go Please feel free to go uh, If you want prayer, please come up And uh, come with an open heart Who knows what God can do I remember Evangel calling me The second week in February And um, this is um, I think the week before For those of you who are visiting with us You don't know my wife Reshmi um, We're just going through a battle with cancer At the moment Uh, Thankfully we're nearly towards the end And the prognosis is quite good Um, We've got one more round of treatment In Adam Brooks coming up in June But I remember the week before The week before um, we found out about the cancer Because we had no idea Evangel called me and said, Hey, I've um, been praying. Can you tell me what's going on in Reshmi's throat area? And uh, I didn't know how to answer that question. I was like, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> what is happening with Reshmi's throat? I had no idea. Um, I said, no, I don't know. I just, feel, I just feel God is telling me to pray specifically for Reshmi's throat area. Um, and so when we eventually found out about the cancer... Um, we, um, we, we realized that God was preparing us And that God was giving us strength Before we faced our battles And so who knows what God can do today In just giving the strength that you may need for the next season Sometimes it can be a miracle Sometimes it can be just be a support Sometimes it can be a word of encouragement But come with an open heart That God can do something in your life And if you feel like, no I don't want that um, I'm happy to just leave and go home after the word of God is being preached. Uh, then you are welcome to do that as well. Is that okay? That's what we're going to do today. So if you have a Bible, turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. Or was it 1 Kings chapter 6? 2 Kings chapter 6, starting from verse 1. This is what it says. Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See, the place um, where we dwell in your charge is is too small. I'm just double checking that that's the right reference that I had. Um can you can we try first Kings, um chapter six. I'll tell you in a minute. No, I think it is Second Kings. Let's stick with Second Kings Actually, let's start from verse 8. I am in the right chapter, the wrong verse. So let's start from verse 8 onwards. Um, So once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may seize him. And it was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So pay attention from here. So Elisha and his servant is in a place called Dothan. So the king of the country wants them dead. So he sent there horses and chariots and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots, Was all around the city, and the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Don't be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed and said, "Uh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So that the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance. With the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way, this is not the city, follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men, that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? He answered, You shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master, so he prepared for them a great feast, and when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master and the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. I want to talk to you today about the presence of God and what that means for us, uh, because lots of people, including myself in the past, we have made conclusions about what the presence of God looks like, and uh, if you are Um, Pastor Evangel earlier spoke about an open heart uh, Being open to the awareness that God's presence is close, God's presence is near And if you have uh, some sort of um, preconditions Of this is what the presence of God looks like This is what the closeness of God looks like Often you can miss out on what God wants to do in your life Because you have limited what God wants to do Or wants to show in your life So I want to make a few observations Number one The presence of attack is not the absence of God. The presence of attack is not the absence of God. The presence of attack is not the absence of God. Because often we can go through attacks in life. We can go through times where there's resistance, where there's things that are coming against us, and we think, oh man, that doesn't feel like God. Where is God? When God is on our side, absolutely everything goes smoothly. Um, It's great, isn't it, when... um, Things happen well and things happen smoothly and you think that is God, God's on our side. But what if there's resistance? What if you wake up like one morning like these guys did? They woke up and they look around and they're surrounded by horses and chariots and there's people wanting to kill them. We can often conclude in those moments that the presence of God is absent. But it is in those moments that God is closer than you can ever imagine. I want to speak to some of you who are facing an attack this morning And you say, man, my faith doesn't seem like it's robust, it's on fire. I don't feel like everything is just up there. I feel like the only thing I can see is a lot of attack. And if that is you, I want to tell you, God is closer than you think. God is closer than you imagine. The presence of attack is not the absence of God. And so even in that moment, you have to be aware that God is close. Come on, high-five the person next to you and say, tell them, say, God is close. Come on, tell them, God is close, God is close, God is close. Secondly, secondly, the presence of, or the absence of your timing is not an indication of the presence of God. How many of you would love for God to act when you want to? It's like, God, if you could just do it my time and my way, that'd be awesome. You know, let me, have you ever watched a a clip online uh, of your favorite film? And some people kind of creatively make an alternative ending to your favorite story. Do you know what I'm talking about? Say, this is the way the movie finished, but it could have finished this way, or it could have finished this way, or it could have finished one of any ways. So, let me give you an alternative ending to the story that we just read. This is the actual story. The story says, Elisha and the servant woke up one morning, look around, and there are thousands of horses and chariots ready to kill them. Then their eyes are open, their spiritual eyes are open, and then they see thousands of horses of chariots of fire, which is God's army, also there. Now, here's my question. If God's chariots were there, how about this for an alternative ending? Okay, Elisha woke up one morning with his servant looked outside and all the enemies were dead already because God was there. How about that for a story? I would have liked that. Why did God not just deal with it if God was there? Why didn't God just take out the enemy if God was there? If there were so many chariots of fire there, why didn't it just happen? And often we want God to act our way, our time, our our convenience, how we want it. I want to tell you, you are in for a treat because God is doing something in your life this morning where your senses are going to be open to say, God, I want to receive you whichever way you show up, whenever you show up. However you show up, whether it's convenient to me or not convenient to me, I want to be open and aware that God is there even when it has missed my timing, my way, my convenience, and He can do things His way. I wonder if the Holy Spirit is giving us grace as a church this morning to have open hearts to say, God, however you want to show up, I am willing and ready. I'm willing and ready to show up however you want to. Because God could have dealt with it. But He wakes up and 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 they 're there, and they 're there, so if you 're here this morning and you 're frustrated about the timing in your life, how things are happening, the way things are happening, um, and you 're saying god is that is that a, is that a sign that i 'm missing my connection I walked into church this morning and and i couldn 't connect with the songs as much i I, I walked into church this morning and Here's one. Somebody sat in my favorite seat. Oh. I, I, I walked into church this morning and I didn't see the people that I normally see. You'd be amazed at the number of things that we can conclude that disconnects us from the presence of God. I wonder what it would look like to be a community that says, you know what? even if we are blindsided by the timing, even if we have no idea what is going on, we will never doubt the goodness of God. We will never doubt the presence of God. We will never doubt that God is for us, with us, and fighting our battles. How about that as a community of believers if that becomes our reality? Here's the third thing. The presence of weakness is not necessarily the absence of God. The presence of weakness is Is not the absence of God. Here's my question. If there were so many chariots of fire. I mean the presence of God was so thick. How come the servant's eyes were still closed? How come Elisha had to say. God please open his eyes. Why didn't that just happen naturally? You see sometimes. The greatest struggle you fight in life. Is that those closest to you don't have the same vision that you have what does it mean when you say man you're you're imagine elisha he's the guy he's the he's the prophet he's the guy on fire he can see the chariots of fire and he's looking at his right hand man he's looking at his associate and this guy is like quivering in his boots what do you do when you're married to a spouse that's not as fire as you are? What if you do when you're with a team member that doesn't just get it the way you do? What if your friends are not on fire as you do? What if, what if you have a few friends and every time you meet with them, rather than speak about faith, they're talking about, oh no, look at all these chariots. What are we going to do? Because often the enemy can come and say, Hey, look at the blindness in your own team. Look at, the, look at the insufficiency in your own home. Look at what is missing in your own marriage. Look what's missing in your own life how can you dare to believe god for the miraculous when you can't even meet that sufficiency in your own home i want to say to you when the presence of god begins to manifest it is greater than your weakness it is greater than your insufficiency it is greater than what is lacking in your own home god's power is not limited by what's missing at home it's not So his own servant is blind, spiritually blind, but he was still able to operate in the miraculous in spite of the weakness in his own home. I wonder whether you have disqualified what God is doing in this nation, God is doing in this land, God is doing in this church, because you are aware of who is spiritually blind. Hey, it's true the spiritually blind people in this in this country the spiritually blind people who are maybe in government the spiritually blind people who are maybe in this town but what if god wanted to still do something to bless your life use your life And impact this community, not dependent on people's blindness, but on your vision and on your sight. I want to say something that might sound a bit audacious. It might sound like a bit too out there. It might sound like I think I'm too important. It might sound like I I have a big head. But I want to tell you, sometimes when I pray privately in my own prayers... These are these are the things that I find myself saying. I say, as long as I am in this nation, this nation will flourish. This nation will prosper. This nation will be blessed. Because my eyes are open, yes, to the fact that there are many people who are spiritually blind. But my eyes are open also to the fact that God's presence is not limited by man's blindness. God's presence is not limited by man's unbelief. God's presence is not limited by all the things that are missing in your life. And some of you have walked in today and you've concluded, God cannot use you because of your home situation. God cannot use you because of your personal circumstances. You are looking at your own right-hand man and say, man, if only they had the same vision I had. You're looking at your right-hand man and there is no right-hand man. You're looking at your left-hand man and there is no left-hand man. You find yourself alone. And if you think, man, if only I had had the community if only I had a, a spouse that that really understood me if only I had a friend that was for me if only I had somebody that would cheer me and champion me what if you are one of those individuals that don't have that and you find your Christian journey to be one of loneliness and aloneness and you just think man I am my own cheerleader I am my own encourager I am my own uplifter I find myself in this place maybe God doesn't want to use me as other people do I want to say to you in Jesus name you will Be used of god you are called of god you are chosen of god and you will see the manifestation of the transformation in your community when your eyes begin to open to the fact that god's presence is not limited by man's weakness it's not it's not it's not limited god's presence is not limited and and here's my here's here's my here here's my favorite take on this not only is 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 is, is, is your weakness not a limitation? Sometimes God uses the very weakness to become a weapon. He uses the very weakness to become a weapon. He, he's looking at his own guy and he's blind. And then he looks at the army and he says, God, strike them with blindness. He says, if that's what's in my house, I'm going to turn it as a weapon and use it against the enemy. What would your world look like if you knew that God wanted to use your weaknesses as your weapons? I'll tell you what, I'll have a few weapons in my arsenal. I'll have a few weapons in my bag. Because I believe the grace of God is bigger than our weakness. Not only is it uh, it, it true that he He wants to manifest Himself in spite of your weakness, I believe that in the new covenant, when We are filled with the grace and the righteousness that comes from God. This is what the Bible says. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. He's not just saying that your weakness doesn't matter. He's saying God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. That means every time there is weakness in your life, it is an opportunity for the grace of God to show himself strong. So if you're feeling weak today, listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. You are stronger than you think because of God. Grace, you are stronger than you think because of the grace of God. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. That's why every insecurity is a sign of pride. So, everybody say, Oh, I'm, I'm fearful, I am shy, I'm not confident. I'm not this. I'm not educated. I don't feel connected. The common word in all of that is I. 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 That's, that's what pride is. But he is able. He is strong. He is enough. He is sufficient. He will make your strength. He will make your weaknesses into strength if you will give him a chance. And you see, then... The entire army is led by Elisha. He says, God, open his eyes. And he opened his eyes. And there were chariots of fire all around. And as those chariots of fire all around, he he blinds the entire army that's come to kill him, leads him to the town. I don't know where it was that they went. I mean, I think the biggest restaurant in town is maybe Weatherspoons, seating capacity. So I don't know where they went, but apparently, that's what the story is, is, apparently... They took them to a place where everybody had a meal. All the people that came to kill him, he said, let's just, let's just roll out the red carpet, put on a buffet for everybody to eat. They all ate. These are the guys that came to kill him. They all ate and led them home. And the Bible says the Syrians never came back to attack them ever again. The Syrians never came back to attack them ever again. The presence of God will mean that you will even have the capacity to buy your enemy dinner. Yes. The presence of God means you will have the capacity to take your worst enemy out to dinner. You know why? You were once God's worst enemy. The Bible says while we were enemies and alien and foreign from God, He loved us. He loved us. The cross is proof that God doesn't treat us the way we treat him. It is proof that while we were still enemies, He loved us and lavished His gift on us. What does that mean? That means you are no longer defined by those who hate you. You are no longer defined by those who reject you. You are no longer defined by those who are against you. You are no longer defined by those who do not see the way you see things. You are no longer defined by the people who do not support you the way they are supposed to support you. If that affects you, if that is grinding away at you, if that is eating away on the inside, it is a sign that you try Truly haven't understood who you are. You are a child of God. And a child of God has the same DNA, the same nature, the same characteristic as Jesus did. And Jesus is able to forgive sinners. He's able to discharge debtors. He's able to touch the weak. He's able to lift up the brokenhearted. He is able to give strength to the weak and the weary. He's able to take out the yoke of heaviness from those who are downtrodden and downcast. And I wonder what our community would look like if we truly encountered the presence of God and we would go out into our communities and lift up the people who are for us and those who are against us. Who are with us and those who are not with us. Because the grace of God uplifts even the weakest people. So today, there is no no exemption for you if you want to encounter the presence of God. I'm going to, in a moment... Invite those who want prayer to come forward Evangel's going to be here And he's going to pray I wonder if we can have some background music If that's okay That'll just help us to concentrate and have privacy It'll just be helpful for us to Come with open hearts What is it that is in your heart That's ruled you out That you've ruled yourself out And say well The presence of God is for everybody else Not me I'm too spiritually blind I've got too much weakness at home I've got too much resistance in my life I've got too many people that are opposing me and not liking me. I was a prophet and I hoped that everybody would clap for me, but instead of clapping for me, I found all this resistance and all these people who are against me. I, 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 All this is probably a sign that God cannot use me. God cannot use me. I don't know what your mask of insecurity is. For some of us, it's service. So we just keep ourselves busy so that nobody notices that we're insecure. For some of us, it's distance. So we never get close to people and we just make sure that we are at one arm length length distance so that they know you you're an acquaintance but you'll never become a friend because if they ever get close to you they'll notice your insecurity. For some of us it's wanting to be included and accepted and so you're always trying to attach yourself with other people. For some of us it's addictions. For some of us it's work. For some of us it's status. For some of us it's a bigger house. Whatever it is that is causing you to put up a mask and put on a front that says, This is who I am. I want to say, In Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit's giving you the grace today to drop it to drop it and come with an open heart and say, I am a candidate for the encounter of God. I am a candidate for the touch of God. I am a candidate for my eyes to be open, for eyes to be unlocked, to see clearly who I am, where I stand, who is for me, and the fact that no matter what happens, God can use me. Some of you, you are just just tired from trying to overcome sin because you know even though you're a follower of Jesus Christ, sin has been a consistent part of your life But God wants to give you a victory one touch from God can help break everything that is a stronghold in your life God is for you and he is not against you and come today with an open heart to say God I am one of those people that wants a touch from God today I wonder what could happen if your heart was open to that My friends don't conclude what God looks like by the presence of blessing or by the absence of blessing. Because there's plenty of people who don't know Jesus that are blessed. There are plenty of people who don't know Jesus that are prospering. There's plenty of people who know Jesus who are suffering. Those are not indications that should cause us to come to the conclusion of the presence of God or the absence of God. I want us to be a community that will be always open to the fact that God is closer than we think. That God is closer then we think. Will you close your eyes for a moment of concentration, privacy? Why don't you open your heart and allow God to say, God, you see me, you see where I am. I pray that you will come and touch me. Can I have some background music if that's okay, please? Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that today you will cause our hearts to be open to the fact that you are closer than we realize. You are closer than we think. You're closer than we can ever imagine. And today, whatever reason we have come with to say, I'm disqualified. I have too much sin in me. I have too much addiction in me. I pray in Jesus' name, God, you will reverse that to help us know that you are for us. You are for us. So talk to God. This is one of those Sundays that's going to be different from normal if you're visiting with us for the first time. Um, I want to encourage you to just be part of this moment if you want to. However, if you want to um, be on your way, we, we appreciate that as well. And uh, what we're going to do is, um, as people come to the front, we'll, we'll dim these lights in the front so that people can focus and have concentration and, and a moment of privacy if they want to. But today, I truly believe God wants to unlock your ability to walk in the power of God by dropping all of your excuses, all of your reasons, all the reasons why God should not use you, all the reasons why God should not touch you, all the reasons why you are not able to do whatever God is calling you to do. Come on, drop the masks, drop the pretenses. Drop the things that say Man, if only I had a team member If only the people who, who stood with me could, could cheer me I don't have this I don't, I'm not educated enough. I'm not qualified enough I've, I've been a Christian for too long And I've lived with this for too long What if today is the day That God wants to do something new And fresh in your life Holy Spirit come now Open our eyes 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 Lord open our eyes Lord open our eyes Father open our eyes Open our eyes I declare today We will never use those excuses again. I declare today the pretenses and the masks will drop. I declare today that we will see with open eyes that your presence is close. We will walk free from the domination of sin. We will walk free from the domination of sickness. We will walk free from the domination of insecurity. So we say no to pride as we humble ourselves before you and invite you to do only what you can do. We invite you to do only what you can do. We invite you to do only what you can do. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord. Thank you that you are greater than a feeling That we will not conclude your presence Based on how we feel in this moment That we will trust simply (laughs) That even when we are most terrified We are confident that you are closer than we can think So Father at this time For everybody that's going to collect their kids Beacon kids and creche For every person that's going home in this moment we pray your blessing on them that they will have a great week that they will dominate everything that's dominating them. That they will walk in the awareness and the revelation of God's presence. And we pray for everyone who's lingering behind just to receive prayer and ministry at this time. I pray God come and encounter us and meet with us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Guys on the media team if you can Um, Just play some background worship now That would be fantastic Play it loud enough So that people can feel like they have privacy To talk to Evangel if they want to Make sure these lights in the front are dim So again there's privacy If people want to do that All the parents who want to go and collect your children Please do that now If you want to come back in for prayer You can do that If you want to head back home You can do that as well But let's all stand And commit this time into your hands Let's lift our hands Father, for every person that's going right now, let this week be a week of blessing. For every person that's lingering behind, help this be a moment of transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we play some worship music, please? If we can do that in the background. I'll wait until you guys are ready because I don't want it to start it until then. Thank you so much. Can we dim these lights, please? Completely. fantastic god bless you if you're collecting your parents and going back home but Evangeline, and deborah are here if you want prayer please come forward thank you so much Lord, I'm lost. the truth is i'm hopeless depraved and just broken i'm lost. I can't keep afloat, floating, I'm lost. It can be overwhelming. I can't help but dwelling. I'm lost. Yeah, I'm lost. But thank God you saved my soul. I even love it when the crowd gets loud, singing out God's praises. But every now and then, it can get a little complicated. So I remember when I was in that old church basement, singing.